Cyril John, known as John, was my grandfather until he passed away a few years ago. He was a preacher man, and so, as I seek to read, explain, wrestle with scripture on this podcast, I also seek to raise a glass to honour the memory and the legends that is CJG, my grandfather. Hi everybody, my name is Darren, and welcome to the Dazcast, grandson of a preacher man, where we'll be exploring the Bible and interviewing some of the unsung heroes of the Christian faith. I hope this inspires you to know Jesus Christ and to make him known, to live the wonderful life that Jesus calls us to live, that no doubt will lead us into all sorts of adventure and into all sorts of trouble. Good morning Saints, or good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world or at what time you're watching this video. My name's Darren and I'm a member of All Saints Church in Orsley Village, Coventry, and it's great to be with you this Father's Day as we explore the reading from Genesis 21 verses 8 to 21. It's a story about Abraham and his two wives, Hagar and Sarah, and between those two wives, Abraham has two sons, Isaac, uh, son of Sarah, and Ishmael, son of Hagar. And it's really a story about Hagar and Ishmael are banished into exile, into the wilderness, uh, effectively to die. Uh, it's a shocking story, and I guess if there's only one thing that you hear from today's message is this. If you are in some form of slavery or exile yourself due to some form of injustice against you or for something that you've done wrong in your life, then know this, there is always hope. There is always hope in slavery or exile. And the second part of today's message is this, whilst there is hope in exile, there is always freedom in Christ. So hope in slavery and exile and freedom in Christ. So before we begin, shall we pray? Dear Lord, on this Father's Day, we remind ourselves of the great love that you have lavished upon us, that we should be called children of God. So our Father, as your children, we want to hear your words to us. Help us to hear you well now, and may you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hope in slavery. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham, but at this time, saints, he had two, Ishmael, son of Hagar, his slave, and Isaac, the youngest son of Sarah, a free woman. Essentially, there is a huge celebration, a party, and Ishmael makes fun of Isaac. Kids, behaviour, I guess, never the greatest thing to do, and an injustice of sorts, of course. And Ishmael makes fun of Isaac. And of course, Sarah, as Isaac's mother, is furious, completely cross and annoyed. More than that, she's like Liam Neeson out of Taken, who unleashes hell upon uh, his daughter's abductors just to get her back. Sarah 
is furious and I guess we as parents can relate to that any any time somebody picks on my children verbally physically whatever in the playground on the rugby pitch in the dance studio myself and Kate my wife we are there on top of it and we're you know we're kind of unleashed with our semi-automatic rifles ready to uh, ready to do battle and Sarah in this reading is absolutely no different and Sarah pleads uh, pleads to Abraham, uh, in, more than pleads, instructs Abraham to banish Ishmael and Hagar out into the wilderness, out into the desert, out into exile, into a certain death. And Abraham clearly is quite upset by this. You would be, wouldn't you, if your wife, who I assume he loved, um, with uh, with his son Ishmael, uh, didn't really have a choice to um, exile his uh, wife and child. And I say he didn't really have a choice because I think he did, humanly speaking. And I, I must admit that this next part of the passage perplexes me somewhat. Because don't get me wrong, what Ishmael did was unjust in a way. But I have to say it feels like Sarah's reaction was a bigger injustice. To exile a woman and her child into certain death and then this next section between God and Abraham I really don't quite understand on a purely human level and as a father. Abraham clearly talks to God about it and God says do as Sarah says. Do as Sarah says. Exile your wife and child to certain death. Really? Did God say that? Seriously? Did God say that? Was that really God or did Abraham mishear God? Or was the writer of Genesis using this as a God as a justification to cover up the injustice in, in the same way that many leaders do today? Or maybe, maybe I'm wrong, maybe the psalmist is correct, that God's ways are not our ways, that his ways are high above. Either way, I've got a problem, I confess, saints. I don't know what's going on in this passage. But, despite the injustice and despite the questions that these verses raise, there is a promise to Abraham that he will make nations out of both his sons, Isaac and Ishmael. And perhaps that's a source of comfort for Abraham. Perhaps for me, whilst that's uh, a completely uh, incorrect thing to do, Perhaps for Abraham, he had focused himself on the promise and not the pain. It focused himself on the promise that Ishmael and Hagar would be okay. They would be okay, wouldn't they, if God had promised a nations to flow uh, from uh, Hagar's line. And so perhaps for Abraham, the answer is to focus on the promise and not the pain. And so the next day Abraham sent Hamar and her son, Hagar, sorry, and her son. Hagar, the enslaved, was exiled too. And with only a little water, she and her young son are sent out into the wilderness to die. It was in Hagar's moment of absolute desperation, when her young son was on death's door due to dehydration, that hope springs out of this complete nightmare. And an angel appears and says, do not be afraid. And then the angel says, makes a great promise to Hagar and to Ishmael that God will make great nations from his descendants. It's a promise 
of a better tomorrow. Slavery or exile can happen to all of us and does happen to all of us at different times in our lives. Sometimes it's because of a great injustice towards us, discrimination because of the colour of your skin, discrimination or uh, uh, discrimination because of the gender uh, of your gender or your sexuality is a form of slavery, a form of exile. And not only do we see the impacts of George Floyd all around the world, we also, unfortunately, um, see these stories too close to home in the Church of England. The BBC reported a few days ago of a curate denied a vicar's post, not even the post, just to the interview uh, in the southern part of this country because, quote-unquote, the parish was monochrome white. It's a form of slavery and exile, and it's caused by deep injustice. Sometimes we find ourselves in exile, in slavery, because of injustices that other people or society do to us. But sometimes we can end up in slavery or exile because of something that we do to ourselves, because of some form of sin, some form of failing in our life. We've done something wrong, there's a consequence and then we've simply got to take what's thrown at us as a result. Perhaps today you've been exiled, either because of deep injustice against you or because of something that you've done wrong in your own life. Well, if that is today, then I want to say that there is hope in slavery, hope in exile, hope in your situation. Firstly, as with Hamar and Ishmael, God has not left you and he will not leave you. And secondly, he says to you, just as the angel says to Hagar, do not be afraid. And then he says, just as uh, the angel said to Hagar also, uh, I will meet your immediate need. Hagar's and Ishmael's immediate need was for water, and water was provided. I don't know today what your immediate need is, perhaps it's for financial uh, reasons, perhaps it's uh, an emotional, you need somebody in your life to come and give you a, a giant big virtual hug at this stage. Uh, whatever your immediate need is, then God will provide it for you. And finally, the promise of a better tomorrow is for you today as well as Hagar and Ishmael. So if you find yourself in slavery or in exile today, uh, God says he's with you. God says do not be afraid. God says I will meet your immediate need and God says there is a better day coming. There is a better tomorrow. Saints, there is hope in slavery but there is also freedom in Christ. As some of you know, we've been reading a series of letters together and we've just completed Paul's letter to the churches in Galatia. As you know, Paul is writing to these churches to correct some misteachings about having to obey the Jewish law and tradition as a way of earning uh, God's approval and God's acceptance. He spends the first two chapters saying it's about grace. It's about Jesus who quote unquote says, Jesus loves us and gave himself for us. And then in chapter 4 of this letter he turns to this very passage in Genesis chapter 21 and he says that Hagar and Ishmael essentially represent slavery. They represent this 
uh, bondage, this obligation to follow the Jewish law and tradition. And Paul goes on to say that Sarah and Isaac represent freedom, freedom in Christ, grace, love. You can't earn God's approval, it's through freedom and through the grace of Jesus Christ. And so Paul directly refers to this story. And when we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes to following him as our King, as our Lord, then we are uh, adopted into the freedom family of Christ Jesus of God. And Paul goes on to say in Galatians chapter 4 that you are no longer a slave. You are no longer a slave or in exile. You are no longer disowned. You are no longer banished, but you are God's own child. For Abraham, uh, who uh, exiled his wife and child, you can imagine Ishmael growing up fatherless, but it's quite the opposite with God. He takes the exiled and fathers us and brings us into his family, adopts us. More than adopts us, he makes us his heir. That's what Paul goes on to say in verses 6 and 7 in Galatians chapter 4. There is absolutely nothing we can do to earn God's acceptance. Doing stuff at church, being a member of the PCC, uh, reading your Bible every day, or even starting your own podcast won't make God love you. Why? Because God loved us first. God loved you and me before we even existed. It's like when we have children, we kind of love them even before they're born, even before uh, they're even created. This idea of having children and loving them uh, is, uh, is, is just part of human behaviour, part of human psyche. And so it is with God. He loves you. He loves us. He started the whole thing and there is absolutely no way that you can earn God's love and Paul goes on to say in Romans uh, that you can't even separate uh, God from us um, because of his love is so strong for us nothing can separate us from the love of God God loved us first and nothing will separate us from that love saints there is absolutely nothing we can do to remove ourselves from God's love and for the offer of grace that he gives to us when we try to earn that way of salvation, that way of acceptance, to earn that love, saints, that's living in the flesh, that's living in the way of Hagar and Ishmael, that's living in the way of slavery. But when we live our lives out of a life of grace, out of a life of acceptance of who we are in Christ, out of uh, the deep joy and knowledge and acceptance that God loves us first, so much that he would send his son Jesus to die for us and rise again for us. When we live out of that place, then we live in the freedom of Christ. It's the freedom that is represented in Sarah and Isaac in this story. It's the freedom that leads to the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives of love, peace, joy, patience, etc. Gentleness, self-control. And... I think uh, one of the things that really struck me as uh, as I come to a close about this reading is that this freedom in Christ, this grace, is, is on offer to everybody. And it was on offer to Hagar and to Ishmael. God had never left them, but Hagar and Ishmael did not become aware of God's presence 
of God's promise of a better tomorrow until she reached that point of utter desperation where she left Hagar under a tree to die. Perhaps we're a bit like that too when we get to that point of desperation. Lord, I give in. I've got nothing left. I'm done. It's useless. I've tried everything. And perhaps, saints, at that point, we become aware of God stepping in. Perhaps then, at that point, God says to us, I'm your father. I know what's going on. It's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. There's a better day ahead. Saints, whether you're in exile or not, you might be at some point in your life. Hold on to that thought that when you feel at your most desperate, it is the opportunity for grace to flow. It is the opportunity for you to be aware of God. It is the opportunity of you to relinquish all control and to let God move in your life. And when God moves in your life, you will hear those words of, I am with you. Do not be afraid. I will meet your immediate need. And I absolutely promise there is a better day ahead. Saints, shall we pray? Lord, we thank you that there is a better day ahead. Lord, we thank you for your promise that you will never leave us. Lord, we thank you for your encouragement not to be afraid. Lord, we pray for the immediate needs in our life. Lord, we ask and remind ourselves that Jesus said, if you ask, it shall be given. And Lord, we ask, in Jesus' name we ask. And Lord, we thank you for the promise that there is a better day ahead. And finally, Lord, we thank you that you are our Father, that you adopt us into your family and that we are found in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Grace and peace, saints. You've been listening to the Dazcast, grandson of a preacher man, where we seek to read, explain and wrestle with scripture and hear from some of the unsung heroes of the faith. If you've enjoyed listening to the Dazcast, then don't forget to like, share and subscribe whatever podcast platform you are listening on. And as ever, stay tuned for future episodes. So saints, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen.